Unwise Index. They said it wouldn't happen. We're back. You better put some respect on that Unwise Index name, dude. They didn't want us to come back. They didn't want us to they come, didn't back. Want us to come so, back. So we came back. <laughs> Three months. Basically an eternity since the last cast. Three months, dude. That's a lunar cycle right there, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm going to say yes. I've heard, you know, I was reading this thing. And, you know, It's like if you just say something confidently, it's like basically true. So I'm going with yes. Lunar cycle. It's been a, a lot has happened in these three months. Um, has it really though? Well, I think the Trump conversation for one has changed from being uh, like a, it's it's become a lot less humorous. <laughs> I think it's become like it's got a little bit more real. You know, the prospect of of Emperor Trump. A couple other things. I'm sure a couple other things have happened in three months. I can't really think of them right now, but you know, something's got, something happened, right? What's your favorite Trump gaffe so far? Um, man, that is a hard question to put someone on the spot about. I don't know if it's a gaffe, but like one of my favorite Trump tropes or things that he does is like, you know, he's like, you know, like people are telling me like, and like it's been capitalized on a lot, but it's like his, he always just basically in place of saying a specific source, he'll just say, I'm hearing from a lot of people or people are telling me. (laughs) It's like, people are telling me, um, you know, Obama was the founder of ISIS. People are just telling me that. Like, I don't, you know, they're just telling me. And the the cool, the hilarious part of that whole conversation was, and Hillary co-founded it. And then three days later, he's like, yeah, I was just being sarcastic. Two days later, I was being real. I was being real. They founded that thing. It's like, also like him and Mike Pence got out of sync, his VP candidate. Like Mike Pence is like, he's being really real. And Trump was like, I'm being sarcastic. And it's like, well, one of you didn't read the memo that morning. And what story are we peddling today? <laughs> I think I don't think Trump is reading them. I don't think he reads any memos. You put a memo in front of him, I think he's not going to look at it. I think he's going to just be like, I know what I'm doing. But yeah, that's become a little bit more scary. I mean, the polls still look pretty favorable in uh, Hillary's. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think, you know, I, I wouldn't say anything is a done deal. Y'all got to get out there and vote. Make sure end times don't come upon us. Like, they're going to come eventually. But let's try to delay it till after our lifetime. You know? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the concerning thing. Like, right now, the polls are very favorable in Hillary's direction. But m- the concerning part is, we'll see how the debates go. I mean, I think it could go either way. Either either Trump starts attacking Hillary for all of these transgressions, whether it be Libya, emails. Uh, Benghazi. Benghazi. Yeah, Libya. <laughs> well, that is Libya. And the, the concern is, I don't know how, uh, how Hillary will defend herself. And we know that yeah. Trump is the Teflon Don, and whatever Hillary throws on him, no matter how egregious it is he'll just you know shrug it off and the main concerning thing is that you know hillary's going to pick up a lot of voters but there seems a lot of folks are voting for her because of the lesser of two evils argument which is not a strong enough argument for folks to actually get out to the polls while people who are seem to be for trump are are pretty for trump right they like yeah i don't i think like in the swing states the polls still look good for hillary but it's like after all the shit that's gone down she's only eight points ahead like, that's just, like, so facepalm-worthy. Yeah. It's like he insults veterans. He insults dead veterans. He insults, like, women. He insults, you know, name the different ethnic group that he's insulted recently. It's like, it's like it's it's just like, he's like, like, Teflon Don is a good good way to put it because it's just, like, only eight only eight points. That's it. Yeah. Um, this is the world we live in, man. That's the thing, man. Trump supporters, they're, like, strong supporters. Hillary supporters, you only have a small contingent that are strong Hillary supporters. They are ride or die. Type support exactly they're right or die and then the issue is that you know you got like the the Bernie Bros who've split off into a contingent of either supporting Hillary um, you know begrudgingly or 
jumping on the Jill Stein bandwagon, somehow yeah, holding sort of holding Stein to the, the value of we need a third party, and like, let's go back on every other progressive ideal we've had over the past 40 years. I, I do hope that Gary Johnson makes it into the debates, though. I think he'd be, like, actually a pretty interesting voice to have there, and he's, I think he's the most likely to get there. He's at, like, 10 or 10% or, like, 9%? No, I, I thought he was, like, 13, 13%, 14% now in some, some areas. I don't know what he has to get nationwide to get qualify for the debates, but I think I think it would be a healthy thing to have him in the debates. Yeah, his, uh, his VP um, pick, Bill Weld, um, is actually, is, I mean, Gary Johnson's a pretty goofy guy. Bill Welk actually comes out fairly presidential. I'm like, why isn't this dude, why isn't this dude running? I kind of like him. I don't know if you've seen any East. Yeah. Uh, was, he, was he the guy who was like the naked dude at the Libertarian? Did you see that? No. <laughs> they had like this like, like, I don't know, like this like pageant, <laughs> like the Libertarian convention, like every candidate could come up and like make their pitch. And there was like this one dude who was like shirtless. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Um. But Gary Johnson got it again, you know. They didn't cover it, though. The lamestream media didn't cover that shit. Oh, man. Well, that's what I'm saying. That I mean, Trump would have been winning if it wasn't for the lamestream media. I know, dude. Why are they... They're so mean. He just he just tweeted, it's like, if if the media wasn't lying, I'd be 20 points ahead. It's like, all right, Trump. That's some good um, stuff. One of my favorite... I don't know. I think you maybe shared this tweet with me when it was like, Trump talking about nuclear weapons is exactly oh, yeah, like yeah. Voldemort asking about Horcruxes to Professor Slughorn <laughs> in Hogwarts. That shit was so funny. <laughs> well, the scary part was, and like this is you know perhaps apocryphal, but it's like it was like you know Joe, Joe Scarborough, host of Morning Joe, who's like a pretty conservative. He was a conservative, you know, GOP. He's a GOP congressman now. He's a talk show host, and he was like kind of you know like a lot of GOP guys like kind of tepid. Like I don't really like Trump, but I'm not going to be like totally anti-Trump on the air. Um, but he's like, you know, what convinced me was I sat down with a like national security expert slash like nuclear policy expert um, who had recently talked to Trump for an hour. And he said in the span of one hour, Trump asked this expert three times, why can't we use nukes? Like, yeah. And the guy tried to explain deterrence theory to him over and over again. And he just he asked like repeatedly, like, but why can't we, we have the nukes? Like we should probably use one yeah. <laughs> it's just like he just like didn't get it he was like it was like the most harrowing conversation this guy's ever had i'm all for asking here are the five whys i'm all for asking the why yeah but not on nukes not on well, nukes five whys are typically done <laughs> as a diagnostic after something goes wrong yeah. so there'll probably be a five whys after he launches yeah, a nuke yeah, somewhere yeah oh man <laughs> Oh well, you know, um, we might not have to wait so long before our next episode because you know there might not that might not be that many episodes left to record if we, <laughs> if we keep waiting this long. The other one, other good one, was about the baby. You see the baby at his speech. Oh, he's like, he's like, he's like I love babies. Actually, no, I'm just kidding. get that baby, get, <laughs> get that, that baby, baby out of here. here. <laughs> Take it out back. But just kidding. <laughs> oh man, that was that was pretty funny. Yeah, he was he was not having a good day. But how you been, man? How's have like the past? And I know you have like a, bo- a bottle of liquor next to you. So I do. Going? I got I said, the issue was I wanted to drink some wine, so I got two bottles of wine. I finished one bottle. I finished some Yellowtail Sauvignon. Did Blanc. you finish the whole bottle today? Sauvignon Blanc. Is that how you pronounce it? I, I finished this actually just a few weeks ago, and then I had another bottle of wine that I was really looking forward to drinking. But lo and behold, it wasn't a fucking bottle of wine that you could like twist off. You had to have an actual wine opener. So I, okay. I, don't, I don't have a wine opener. Yeah, I don't, I, that's always like a no game. So that that's a game over for me. That's a, I failed my adulthood there. So I'm like, all right, well, what else do I got? So I have a, a big-ass bottle of Fireball um, that I'm drinking out of right now. No cups. Again, adult the holy, game. The holy elixir itself. Exactly. And uh, just, I'm just drinking that. What about you? Uh, I just have some water right now because um, I've been drinking, I think, a little bit too much caffeine. I've developed an eye twitch in, oh, shit, <laughs> in the last week. Yo, when you get the eye twitch, you got to go all natural back. you got to go back to the yeah, natural. Dude. 
But it's like, I don't know if the eye twitch is because I'm not drink like I'm now addicted and I have to keep up the addiction, or it's like because I'm on caffeine. It's like, it's hard to tell. Do you get the eye um, twitch both eyes, one eye, and only... I thought it was just the one eye, but th- like the last couple days has been both eyes, and I'm like, this is not good. After you take caffeine, or like you don't have caffeine? Um, hard to tell. Mm. Hard to tell. It's like it's all it is blur. like it is like you know it's like I'm drinking caffeine enough of the time that it's like oh I think this is when I'm drinking caffeine, yeah maybe I need to detox a little bit so I'm just drinking some water right now which is kind of lame. Yeah, I mean, water is good, man. I mean it's not as interesting as fire fireball. I remember thinking when you know back when our, our group of friends discovered it and 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 cherished it like we still cherish it to this day that it was like some sort of special like <laughs> like niche drink and then like later <laughs> finding out that like. Basically, every sorority, like, has, like, dozens of bottles of Fireball, yeah. and it's not <laughs> in any way considered to be, like, an interesting drink. Um, I still think it's great. Oh, yeah. Like it, tastes, it, a lot. it tastes amazing. I don't know why you wouldn't want so, Fireball. So, you know, it's like it's like that Carly Rae Jepsen album or a Drake album. It's like, you know, just because it's mainstream doesn't mean it's not good. That's true. That is true. You know? I'm not, I think a younger version of, of myself would have maybe been hesitant to openly admit that I like something as mainstream like Fireball. But like now, I think it's a sign of maturity. It's like, I'm good with it. You, you could just live in your life, you know, doing you. Live your life. Did you, did you go to one of, the, one of the four Drake concerts that were back-to-back in New York? No, I didn't realize they had, there were that many. Yeah, dude. Four nights in a row. That sounds exhausting. Three-hour-ish performances each night. I do need a one dance, dude. You do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a catchy song. It is a really fucking catchy song. I'm not going to lie. Um, what have you been listening to? What have I been? Don't listening? say death grips. Uh, actually, it's, it's, death. yeah, dude. Uh, let me let me pull up my Spotify. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's bottomless pit death grips. It's about it. It's about. I'm not That's gonna it. lie. <laughs> what if you like want to like? Don't you like have different moods that merit different musical tastes no, throughout man, the day? Like, I'm always angry, dude. I'm always angry. It's like it's like the Hulk. It's like that's my secret. I'm always angry. Internally angry, dude. That's how I keep, that's how I keep going. Bottomless pit fuels me that does not sound sustainable my friend uh but uh, honestly the bottomless pit uh, great uh great fucking album <laughs> <laughs> just putting that out there in case anybody who is not gonna listen to death grips yeah, and intends to try it wasn't convinced enough by prior episodes yeah um i, I again it's always on my list i just like never <laughs> I never seem to get to it i like every time we talk, yeah it's on my it's on my list man don't worry about it. i'm, I'm going to get to it like <laughs> in like 20 years. 20 years. Um, yeah, we got to have, like, I, remember, I was listening back to the music cast, like the one that we did, which I, you know, like a while ago, and I realized that we, like, <laughs> that was supposed to be a preliminary show to, like, our end of the year music cast, which never happened. Yeah. Um, and now we're, like, almost a year later, so we could probably do, like, a 2016 music cast instead at some point. Um, I don't, I don't think, I've, I think I've listened to more new music this year than I did last year, but it still feels like I've not listened to that much new music, which is kind of weird. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, um, I've been uh, having a great time with Spotify's Discovery, weekly Discovery playlist. It's actually yeah. pretty well done. Like, I'm finding new stuff uh, almost every week, two or three new artists. So I don't know what magic they're pulling, but it's working. Yeah, I think the big problem, like, Apple Music, I think, is getting better. And it's, like, obviously got a ton of money behind it and a ton of, like, exclusives and sponsorships and stuff. But, like, it doesn't have user-curated playlists yet, which I yeah. think is actually kind of a... Because, like... If I'm looking for some weird, like, you know, throwback pop punk playlist, like, you can go to Spotify, type in, like, you know, like, early or mid-2000s pop punk or something and, like, get a bunch of hits because people have curated those playlists out of similar nostalgia. But it's, like, the problem is, like, because Apple only has, like, internally curated playlists right now, it actually limits, I think, a lot of the, like, organic kind of searching that you can do. Mm. Um, Yeah, and I never got on the Apple Music bandwagon, you know. I'm sticking, I'm I'm, I'm loyal, dude. You got to be loyal. You start off Spotify and you left... You ditched? 
you also got to go with the winner. And the winner's oh, not good. Apple's not going to lose this fight. Uh, I actually, I haven't I haven't looked at the re- uh, most recent subscription numbers. Is is music Apple Music gaining or? Yeah, it's like they're they're gaining. I think I was actually surprised. I don't know if they released numbers in the last quarter, but yeah, yep. they're like slowly but surely chomping away at I think Spotify and probably is RDO still alive? No, RDO died. R.I.P. Dude, poor little liquor up for R.I.P. Dude. Everyone, I saw this one blog post. People, is this again loyal? People staying loyal. People were talking about yeah. how they love the interface of R.D.O. I'm like, that's, I like that. That loyalty. Yeah, the the interface was really nice. I do remember. I remember I like the like distinctly one time seeing the R.D.O. interface and be like, whoa, what is that? And someone's like, it's R.D.O. And I realized like, ten years into its existence, I had never seen R.D.O. before. And I was like, oh, cool. And then like. Couple months later, it was like we're shutting down RDO. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, yeah, that's not good. I mean, same thing might happen with SoundCloud. Honestly, I mean, they've been trying to monetize that thing you for think? years. Oh, dude, I really hope not. We're gonna put our podcast. <laughs> oh shit, that's right. <laughs> Yo, people subscribe to the shit on iTunes, man. That's true, but it's still hosted. It's syndicated through SoundCloud. That's true. It's like it's like well, it's like hosted on SoundCloud rather than it gets yeah. We'd have to download that stuff. Well, I mean, we got we got copies in the Library of Congress, so we can always resort. Yeah, we do, we do. That's true. We actually could submit that shit. We should do that. Yeah. And, and our marketing marketing interns got got a couple of backups too, so should be yeah, good. Yeah, true. I mean, they're working really hard. I mean, like it was tough for them with us not airing any episodes for three months, but they they, they found a way to keep busy. Yeah, so. yeah. Props to them. I mean, they were they were basically um, they've they've been thinking hard about that guerrilla marketing campaign we talked about way back when, and we're gonna we're gonna we're still on you know, that. You, we're still thinking about that. You can't just do something. You got a plan, right? <laughs> you got a plan. plan. It takes a while to get told. something right, right? I'm a bad planner. I've realized this generally throughout my life. And it's like, I, I've been like fortunate enough to kind of like fall into things, but it's like it's actually sitting down and like doing what you just said. It's like, you got to plan stuff. It's like, it's hard to do. I don't know if my, I don't know if I'm wired to do that. Um, you know, got to build that muscle. I, I was reading a paper that uh, usually the most intelligent people don't plan because the, well, that's very, re- <laughs> that's very reassuring then because no, no, no the, the logic was this, was that, their fluid intelligence, meaning how quick they can think on their feet, is so high that they kind of do a cost-benefit analysis where they postpone the decision so that they can make the decision with their fluid intelligence at that time versus planning for it in the future because their mind just works that fast, right? They can they can do that. It's a luxury for them. Um, so, I'd love to believe that about myself, but I think... That's facts, I mean, dude. there's probably... There's probably certain decisions where it does make sense to just delay, yeah. but then there's probably ones where it's like you should have probably thought about well, that. Well, I, like, I like to minimize decisions to my day. Like you know, I, I don't I don't have very many clothes. I wear the same plaid shirt, same pants. Wait, same you shoes. have like multiple? <laughs> you have like a Steve Jobs thing. You have like multiple shirts and pants. I yeah, but I only have like those four. Like I just throw, I, yeah. and I don't make a dis- deliberate decision on which one I'm wearing. I'm just wearing literally which one is closest to me when I walk out of the shower and I put that on and I walk out. Okay, that's fair. But are you subconsciously organizing which one's closest to you? So you kind of know. See, that's that next level day. discussion. And yeah, I'm just not there, not, there <laughs> not there yet. Not there yet. We're not there yet. No, I do the same thing. It's like jeans, t-shirt. Like it's like it's nice not to think about certain things. I don't. Yeah, there's like a, I remember there was like a hubbub around like oh you only have so much willpower like decision making ability each day you got to minimize all these small ones right. and it's like it's like unclear if like the small ones actually really affect. I don't know. I do think a lot more about energy like usage throughout the day, though. It's like even like, you know, and, and like throwing back to an earlier conversation we had, I think, on, on, on the podcast about like, you know, like, are you distracted during the day with like Messenger and like all these apps and stuff? It's like, yeah, I think about those as being like like energy leaks. Yeah. And it's like, you know, 
I guess more than like um, decision making, like attention. I guess. Yo, but, you you um, Urban Dictionary that shit? Energy leaks. Energy leaks? No, dude. Is that that's the name of my new band? It's an industrial band. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, dude. Energy uh, leaks gotta have synths, dude. Synth pop. Energy leaks. There was this funny Twitter. It was actually like so. Sufjan did this concert, I think. Sufjan of Seven Swans and other fame, um, in uh, L.A. And I think um, he he did like the he did, he went like 110 percent Sufjan. Like I saw I saw some picture. It was like him in like a unitard with like antlers on. And it was like, damn, dude, he's going full Sufjan. Yeah, I need to watch some live shows. I haven't been to a live show in, in some time now. I need to need to find something to go to. Actually, I bought tickets uh, for another Death Trips concert in September. So I'm pretty hyped for that. But so you just got to get mentally prepared for that. That's what you have to do, right? You just have to like until now and then like just get ready for this Death Trips show because you know it's going to be like. It's going to be borderline dangerous, perhaps just dangerous. I mean, well, I've been to Aubrey, been to one, and it was, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the moshing got a little, very aggressive. Um, but I love that shit, so I'm, I'm pretty hyped. Yeah, dude. Well, stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> but he'd do like a, like, a, like a preliminary cast before. It's just like Monica's yeah, going dude, into a da- dangerous environment. Like, safety goggles on. I can't go with these fucking glasses and get knocked <laughs> off, dude. Fucking nerdy ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh, but every time I've gone to like a, like the Odd Future concert stands out. It's like oh, I, you I, broke like, your glasses, glasses didn't got, you? Glasses got knocked off my face. So lucky to find them on the ground. Um, some some dude that I think was actually part of the moshing was like kind enough to stop and actually like hand them back to me. I'm like thank you. Um, but like I assumed when they flew off my face that they were gone forever. Um, yeah. You got it. It's it's a risk. I think like. <laughs> If you came in there with sports goggles, dude, that would, that would be awesome. I'd be ready to go, dude. I, saw, I don't think I have any. I have to get some. Yeah, dude. <laughs> just walk in there. Like, I'm ready to go. Yo, that should be Warby Parker's new line, dude. Warby Parker got stylish lenses. <laughs> Let's get some stylish go- goggles up in here. That's true. Actually, there was this funny um, throwback to both the Matrix comment earlier and and the Warby Parker thing. It's like someone showed a picture of all the characters from the Matrix Reloaded and it showed the keymaker. It was like it's on, only the keymaker's glasses are still hip today. It's like <laughs> everybody else's just wear like these old man like, you know, like now like chic hipster glasses. Yeah. What else is going on? How's New York? I hear New York is super hot. New York's getting hotter, dude. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's it's raining. We got like earthworms coming out on the sidewalk. I gotta dodge that shit like the Matrix. Um, you know, just you, so this is part of the pacifism. You don't step on these. No, nah, like, yeah. I mean, they're just yeah. they're just coming out, man. They're feeling they're feeling the rain. You know. Yeah. God is in the rain, as they say. Are they feeling the rain, or is it that they come out because they like are like, oh shit, I'm getting like flooded. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> that actually might be it. <laughs> like underground tunnels and shit yeah i think they're just like damn we gotta get Sperm out, or we're out. Die. And, and that sucks i mean they're they're literally between a rock and a hard place <laughs> it's like that is true <laughs> earthworm gym dude that was a great game never played it but i remember that um it had great sound effects from this g4 special that oh. i watched with tommy tallarica one of the first uh, space games i think that i played like yeah it's really ahead of its time just boundary breaking game <laughs> Earthworms in space. But yeah, I mean, New York's going well, man, you know, chugging along. Um, I mean, the past three months, you know, what were the big things? Big things, brother's wedding. You know, yeah. that was, that was so, a blast. So you got to do the whole big Indian wedding thing, which is like, you know, for introverts like us is like a total walk in the park. Yeah, right. I mean, it was it was fun because, you know, it was a week-long event. Uh, Indian weddings are long, laborious, but a lot pretty exciting. A lot of cultural traditions day in and day out, you know. First day yeah. back, I was... 
you know, sitting with some some priests, some Indian priests, chilling for like six, seven hours, doing some random random chants. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, that was that was interesting. Um, I, I kept cracking up because this guy is like part of the part of the tradition is like the what they call the guru is supposed to explain to you like the wonders of the world and how the world works. And he's like sitting me down. He's like, so ask me a question. And I'm like, <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> uh, what's the world made out of? And he's like, so we have, you know, the earth, the water, the wind, the fire. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. oh, shit, Captain Planet. Captain Planet. I was thinking like actually like Earth, Wind, Fire. Like, oh, they got a new album out, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like you just, put, you just put that on and start dancing with the priest. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I did it. I did it for the folks, but uh, it was pretty fucking hilarious. I mean, this guy is. Um, We'll talk, maybe save our discussions on religion for another cast, but yeah, um, seven eight hours of like sitting with the student. Then finally, that's a lot of time. The actual event, the wedding starts right, and there's multiple days. So you have one day where it's a bunch of dancing, and I had to choreograph six dances and like, I mean not choreograph six, choreograph a couple of dances and dance in like six dances, and then MC the the day. Um, and then there was the reception, and then there was the actual ceremony. Then there was something called a barath where you like come in on a fucking well, it used to be a horse, but we actually came in like a really fancy car. We had a drone taking video of the damn thing, so it was like it was a wow, yeah, extravagant affair. Wow. Um, so the video and picture still haven't fully been finalized yet, but no, I was happy with it. I mean, like I think that uh, everything went smoothly. Um, so my brother and, and Divya, his, his now wife, was really excited. Um, reception went well. I got that speech. Got some tears, dude. Got some tears, got some tears, and got some tears from the audience. So that was a that was a win. Um, double bonus. Double bonus. So that went off well. Uh, but all along, I mean, it was the first Indian wedding I've ever been to. It's my brother, so like you had to, I had to put in like a lot of a lot of effort to see. Yeah, that that is well. a that is quite like that's like diving into the deep part of the pool. That's like yeah, that's like first Indian wedding, which is crazy, and then it's like you're gonna have to play a big part in it because obviously it's your brother. So it's like. That's yeah, a trip, man. But then I look at it, like, even though my brother and I are very similar, when I look at, you know, me, future state, going through a wedding, I really don't see myself doing an Indian wedding like that, you know? I don't know if you traditionally would find yourself going through that and doing an Indian wedding, but for me, when I look at this pageantry and, like, the much ex- excessive spending, and, yeah, it's beautiful, yeah, it's great, but I don't know, I think our generation of folks who are even one more step removed from Indian culture than my brother was, I just find it unlikely that we'll continue tradition, which is sad because I think our kids then, you know, forget fucking going on a horse for a Bharat. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. So I'm not sure where I come out on it. If I should really adhere to, you know what, this is a tradition that's worthwhile to maintain or, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to live my life. and I don't don't care about this bullshit. Um, But there, I think there might be some intrinsic value to it as well. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and like you also weigh it like with like you know sort of like the the personal like fatigue or like the you know the projected fatigue you would have around it with like you know this is kind of for you but like especially in like Eastern cultures like the wedding is really for like family right. as you've seen right. I'm sure and it's like it's sort of like an excuse to get everybody together and it's a big celebration and it's like it, I think it's an unparalleled type of event in Indian culture and like and like in East Asian culture as well to like sort of get you know not only uncles and aunts but like friends of the family and everybody together so it's almost like you think about like not doing it and you think about what are the implications for like what is you know probably been looked forward to as an event since you were like a toddler or right, something right. right um so yeah it's like it's but i but i hear what you're saying for sure it's like it's a lot it's a lot of a lot of time and energy put into it for no, for sure yeah 
It's a lot. All the, all the fucking costumes and stuff, man. It's a. There's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. You don't enjoy the costumes. I mean, some of that stuff is pretty fly. Yeah, you wear some pretty fly curtains. Yeah, you got like diamonds and jewels and shit. Yeah, it's like I was like, whoa! It was like it was like two photos of you in the same day. I think that I saw him like he's wearing two different balling outfits. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's pretty swaggy. Yeah, I had like five or six outfits throughout the uh, throughout like the three or four days. So it was it was constantly changing, getting ready for photos and shit. So no, but thank goodness went off without a hitch. Ton of fun. And then after that, you know, it was back to the grind, which was a big, big shock. Yeah, you have to, like, basically come back in. It's like you can't just decompress. you got to get back to work. Yeah, yeah. But that's been also exciting. You know, we're uh, growing, out, growing out the team, so that's been a learning experience. Nice. And, you know, how do you, how do you scale effectively? What processes do you have to have in place to really do things right? So that's been, that's been a new challenge and been a ton of fun, honestly. So I'm looking forward to keep doing, keep doing that uh, for the next few months. Uh, but then outside of that, it's been a lot of gaming. Mm-hmm. Back in July, I built a gaming yeah, gaming PC on a whim, literally. Well, I mean, like that's that's the dream. It was pretty good to go. It's pretty awesome. I, I I like how I can hear that swig yeah. of that fireball too. <laughs> it's like job well done. I mean, the one thing your gaming PC seemingly can't do is run Skype. But I'm I know, sure we'll right? Get there. Well, that's more Windows. Yeah, fucking Windows. Um, no, but it's like I am. I'm tempted to. Um, yeah, I've also I've been gaming a fair amount as well, not as much as you, but like we we did go to Evo. We got to talk oh, about shit, this. Yeah, we it's been that long, dude. Um, so after talking a lot about how we were all going to get really good at Street Fighter Five, which of those of you don't know, it's the latest installation of like the storied fighting game franchise, Street Fighter. We're all like we're going to get good, and we're going to go to the the world like the biggest competition of fighting games in the world, which is called uh, the Evolution Fighting Game Tournament um, in Las Vegas, and we're all going to compete. And suffice to say, none of us really practiced in the months leading up to the competition last month. Um, and we all, I think, like, we had a fun time in Vegas, but I'd say, like, single-digit percentage of our time was competing in the event or, like, sort of in the process of competing because we all got DQ'd pretty fast. Yeah. Um, though, if you look at the brackets, it looks like some of us won some of our matches early on because, you know. We rose. Like, I know, mean, Because people, people didn't show up. I, I beat the fearsome Darth Taco, you know. No big deal. Yeah. No big deal. I, I beat. I forget what his name was. Um, I don't know. He didn't show up though. But yeah, it's like it was. It was. It was. Uh, so it was really cool to see like three thousand or was it five? I don't know. Four thousand people there to compete with like you know a, in like a video game yeah. and like see like how that's coordinated and like see really good players. Um, I you know it was also just fun to hang out. Uh, Vegas was oppressively hot, like oppressively yeah. hot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's like I, I think like. I am not a natural convention goer. Yep. I'm not like a natural like festival goer. So it was like the spectacle for me is like, okay, I saw it. And, like I actually didn't need to see probably more than like X hours of it after like I got my ass handed to me <laughs> in competition. Right. Um, and I think like, you know, across the spectrum with our friend group that went kind of varying degrees of like how much of that they wanted to soak in. Um, but honestly, the most fun that I had on that trip is when we went to a gaming cafe called PVP Zone. PVP Zone. We, <laughs> which was attached to a bubble tea bar. Yeah. And we just played like six hours of Overwatch while drinking <laughs> bubble tea, which was awesome. Yeah, no, that was that was a fun trip. It was a good, it was a good break for sure. I mean, I the, yeah. the, the goofy thing is like, um, I actually kind of want to go back next year, but they're hosting it in Japan. I think that'll be a really fun trip abroad. I feel like, 
I thought it was in addition to. Or is it yeah, yeah, in of? addition to. Sorry. So they have an okay. Evo Japan and Evo uh, Evo Mandalay. And the finals at Mandalay Bay, that was actually, you know, it surpassed my expectations. I did not think it would be that well well done um, on that large of a stage. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was, I think, all around like a pretty well-coordinated thing. Um, at least on our side, like little, like not a lot of drama around. Like, like sometimes you go to these conventions and it's like, oh, we lost your thing. Or like you, you know, don't know where to go. And it's like it was all pretty pretty well put together um but I, I don't know if i feel i don't know it's like I, I don't know if i maybe it's just like general um like sort of like fatigue around like just like you know it's been like a really productive and really good couple of weeks slash slash months but it's like the idea of going back to vegas in that heat and like hanging out it's like i'd love to hang out with everybody again but it's like i don't know if i need all of like the the bells and whistles of a convention to do it again. Right, right, um, right. But maybe that's just that's just proximity to it, and like I'll be singing a different tune in a couple months. So yeah, I don't know. I go back and forth. It's like it's like when I it's like when I went to Outside Lands two years ago. It's like and my friend Charles, if our friend Charles is listening to this, it's like we both went for the first day, then we're just like, nah, we just like hung out for the other two days <laughs> and did other stuff. It's like just like you know being in being in like a festival environment, convention environment for that long. I'm just like introvert in me is like, all right, you've you've done this, go do other things now. Yeah, yeah. Well, my introvert's really enjoying with this PC back in the apartment, you know, sitting playing games all day. Oh man, it's too good, dude. All day. So Overwatch is a game you're playing. What else are you playing? Overwatch, Warhammer, XCOM, No Man's Sky. Recently, No Man's Sky, quite a bit. Um, yeah, so we got to talk about this. Yeah, I mean, I, No Man's Sky. I mean, it's it's gotten a lot of hype. It's been in development for four or five years by a ragtag bunch, like fifteen dudes in a independent game studio based out in I think England hello hello games and that like yeah. initially right off the bat like I'm rooting for them because I like the kind of underdog underdog uh, dynamic right they're like trying to create something new and just generally the biggest interesting thing about the game that it's all procedurally generated so all the worlds are procedurally generated the the flora the fauna that you experience in the game the ships the dialogue um, all procedurally generated which is really a first for gaming in, in a 3D format. You have like certain games that procedurally generate quite a bit, uh, but not really to the extent of No Man's Sky, when you have a complete space sim, when you're flying around from system to system, galaxy to galaxy, planet to planet. And I think the, the issue was that over the years since it was announced, people attached their like dreams to what the game would be. You know, oh, I want a game where I can be like a, a, a multiplayer procedurally generated universe where I can interact with folks, trade with folks, and, you know, join alliances and uh, do, like, fighting out in, in the midst of stars with a team of, like, five fighters and all this shit. Um, great ideas, but I think, um, and, I mean, Hello Games is to blame with this as well. They're, they're, they're the guy who's pitching the game, Sean Murray, is very passionate about the game, and he his, his imagination starts bleeding into his speech when he's talking about the game and that obviously then colludes like the viewer's perception of what the game can, is actually going to be. But like in the past year, he's been very clear on what the game's going to be. It's going to be an exploration game, precisely generated with some gaming tent poles and gaming loops around mining, trading, survival, and combat. Um, so I was, I was moderately hyped. And then when I started seeing more and more footage, for some reason... You know, survival games, I usually hate them. I fucking hate survival games. I fucking hate, like, non, uh, non-focused non games or objective-based gameplay or non-competitive games. Like, it's completely 
completely against me to like a game that has no clear focus or no clear way to get better um, in relation to someone else because I usually like multiplayer games. But for some reason, something about the game was just like inherently captivating when I saw images and like videos of people like going from planet to planet right through space pretty seamlessly with no loading screen. So I ended up buying it on PC on Friday. I bought it on Friday at 8 p.m. It's now Sunday at 9 p.m. I put in 21 hours. That wow. That should tell you enough about how much I love this game, dude. Uh, I, it, there's no question there are faults. There's, uh, there's there's repetitive nature and some... I've actually, like, fucking gamed the system, so I think I've broken the progression system in No Man's Sky. Like, pretty clearly, I'm way further ahead than I think I should be. Um, and it actually verified that I'm way further ahead than I think I should be because I min-maxed a lot of the trading and min-maxed some, <laughs> some of the, the fucking planet discoveries. Um so, like, I kind of broke some of the progression system. But, my God, there's, like, something about this game that it... Yes, the inventory system, you have to fiddle with it. Uh, a lot of assets seem to be reused from planet to planet. But very occasionally, you stumble upon something that really does surprise you. And there's en- yeah. a- enough... And I'll, I'll pause here so you can jump in. But I, I can talk about this for a while. No, you know, I think, like, I was uh, didn't mean to interrupt you. But I think um, it's... I understand, like, so from a technical perspective, like, the idea of having this sprawling, like, you know, like, quintillion, zillion sort of planet universe that's procedurally generated, like, it's a really cool idea. And I think it's, like, particularly neat that this small team in, in London or, or in England was able to do this. Um, and, like, I think it's it's gotten a lot of hype, and I agree with you, like, the hype train, I think, took took control of things for a while and, like, sort of expectations around what the game actually was versus, like, what it, what it was actually developed to be, like, kind of diverged a little bit. And I think you see some of that frustration from what I've read. Yeah. I guess personally, like, I've never, like, I was able to appreciate, I think, all the way through, like, what they were trying to accomplish from, like, a tech demonstration perspective. Like, it would be a really cool VR game to just, like, fly around in or, like, to explore in. But it's, like, I think about, like, the time that I spend gaming, and I think about that as being, like, kind of precious time that I want to be, like, high impact or high, I don't know, like, like, like interest or engagement in, in some way. Or, like, if it isn't, it's, like, playing, like, an MMORPG where it's, like, even if the gameplay itself isn't totally um, immersive, it's, like, the social element is or something is. Yeah. And it's, like... I guess I look at this and I'm like, oh, I'd love to play that for like an hour or two or try it. But it's like, I can't see myself buying the game and investing in it heavily. So like off the bat, like I had this sort of like appreciation for it, but also like I think had a pretty firm judgment that like, and again, this could be proven wrong if I play it, but it's like, I was just like, I don't, I don't think there's really that much there for me to like hook onto. It's like the idea of just exploring worlds and like seeing these unique, sometimes like you said, really enticing combinations, like that sort of ROI, like if you think about the amount of investment that's needed to get those glimmers, like just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like I think yeah. about like Destiny, where it's like there is some of that, but it's like very, very different, of course, as a game. It's like there's constant action, constant reward, constant engagement socially. Um, and it's like, um, like it's funny, it's like a spacefaring game, but like very, very much on the other side of the spectrum, perhaps. And it's like that's kind of what I look for, I guess, more nowadays. It's like sort of like a constant quick feedback loop that's within this larger framework so it's like if i do put more time in there's like oh i could do a lot more but it's like if i only have 45 minutes or an hour um there's like a really compelling and i think key like social experience to have as well and it sounds like it just might be a fundamentally very different type of game but it's like it it never struck me as something that i would put the time into yeah i mean it definitely is a fundamentally different game but i I do want to say that the like i I know you pointed to like it's it yeah that the surprises from you know, finding a unique creature or a unique plant is not great. And I 100% agree. I didn't give a shit about that. I, even though I found some pretty unique 
animals and, and plants that interact. Found some really cool, cool plants, dude. But actually, what's surprising that people don't talk about is yeah. So you have a couple of different systems. You have your survival mechanic, right? So you have to collect a lot of elements to one survive on different planets that can be uh, determined by its its weather or a bunch of different variables. And then you have um, different elements to actually allow you to travel, you know, actually run your spaceship to warp drive uh, and, and go into hyperspace. And you have different varying degrees of how far you can travel and different systems you can travel to based on the things you, you are able to mine and capture. Um, and then you have also a set of elements that you can trade as well. But a lot of people don't actually talk about the story in this game. And there actually is a, a, a storyline that is usually delivered purely through text but it's just mysterious and interesting enough. So, like, part of what you have to do is you interact with aliens, right? And at the beginning of the game, you don't understand anything the aliens say. So you actually have to discover different stones which reveal parts of their language and reveal parts of their history throughout the game. So once you actually learn more about their history and their language, if you interact with an alien and they present you a set of options, you know that this is, a, this is an alien that's dealt with a lot of war in the past. And right now they're trying to recapture some territory, and that's going to influence the way you interact with them, and the influence the the option you choose, which then determines the rewards you get. Is from the them. story like procedurally generated though, or is it like just mapped onto the procedurally generated world? It's like an actual story that just like yeah, like because it's like if if the if the worlds and the creatures themselves are generated sort of in in this sort of like you know sort of like I mean like partially random way, it's like. How do, how do you, like, have the actual storytelling experience laid upon those sorts yeah. of worlds? So, one, you have, like, an active story, which is the Atlas story, where you actually have to... It kind of forces you to progress throughout different systems and build your ship and get to different system to system and interact um, in, in, in a couple of ways. And some of it is random on when certain events occur in that storyline. But in the passive story is kind of all the world building they do, that even though everything is procedurally generated... Uh, and a lot, there are a lot of prefab buildings and a lot of different areas you go to on each planet that are the exact same, but the inter- inca- encounters and interactions you have with each species um, are different. And there's like a really kind of fun, like it reminds me of like really old school RPG telling where you have text on a page that like talks about a different story. They're not visualizing it, but you just see it there and you can kind of visualize it in your mind and you follow in kind of like a text to adventure type type game in those different encounters and no one's talking about that but that's like a huge draw for me where i just fucking love seeing the backstory of all these different aliens and now the the cool thing is as you learn more of the backstory and you know actually build a relationship with them that actually changes the way the game is played because now they're your allies and there's kind of an allegiance system for each of these races and let's say you get in a dog fight out in some solar system you get to you get a distress signal to support like the gek alien race because you're now one of their close partners um, so there's like some relevantly, uh, actually kind of cool emergent gameplay based on that itself. So a lot of people focus on the exploration device, but the exploration component is there, but it's kind of supported via all these other aspects, understanding alien language, trading, mining, surviving on these planets. And the biggest draw for me, at least, is the upgrades, dude, that loot. The loot game is really strong here. Like you get, but again, like the loot, the loot component for games is normally enticing to me because you have like a strong social component. So you can actually interact with people and see their loot. Is like, have you been able to interact at all, like with other folks, other people playing the game? It's it's more personal progression, I guess. I mean, like you, no, I haven't seen yeah. a single other player. It's it's all. So you, let's say you go to a, a space station, right? So each solar system has a space station. You you dock in. You start trading, and then a bunch of other spaceships fly. These are just NPC spaceships that fly, and you can interact with the the pilots of the spa- uh, these spaceships. And 
you can one buy their spaceship you can trade with them you can buy their buy their stuff and this is actually how i became extremely rich in the game very early on i started just being a middleman i started basically buying items from folks in the spaceship hangar and then selling it to the galactic trader who uh, was asking a higher price for them so i just bought bought low and then sold high um, so I ended up making millions like that in like the first initial hours and just bought like a boss ass ship. Um, but that personal progression of you see a spaceship there and you kind of want it. So you still get that sense of, I kind of want that. And then when you're actually exploring, you realize, man, I wish I could, you know, fucking mine faster. I wish I could hold more minerals so I could trade more effectively and make more money. I wish I could jetpack higher. So you still get that sense of, I wish I could do more. And that drives you to keep playing and get those other items and keep adding on and keep mining and, and doing all this shit. Um, so there's enough pain there and enough kind of want for the next thing that compels you to keep playing. Yeah, and I guess like I would probably I think like the idea of like ambient storytelling and sort of like like you know that narrative happening like you like you described it like happening sort of not necessarily linearly but as you explore different parts of the world or the universe. Um, and like it sort of gets uncovered piece by piece. Like I can see that like if I'm in a certain frame of mind or I have like the patience to go through it actually being a pretty, you know, engaging thing potentially. And I think like this gets to a broader maybe point that I have like personally, which is like even games that are like super intricate single player RPGs, like games that require you like to sort of spend a lot of granular detail, um, but are sort of single player experiences. I think I like, like the Witcher is a great example, Mass Effect, other great games. Um, I haven't been able to get into because I think like the, I, I view it, I think, and maybe this is like something like a framing I need to get out of is like, it's like, I'm putting all this time into investing into this single player experience. Sure. Um, and like, I, I think I inherently discount the idea of doing that because it's like, if I'm going to invest that much time, it should be in a social experience because I think gaming and it's to such a large extent, at least in like, the last decade or so for me has been like predominantly a like social vector in addition to being an enjoyment vector. Like those yeah. two things have been like, I think on, on parody with one another. And so it's like, um, it's been tough for me, I think to like really invest in like, I think intricate single player experiences. And it's like, maybe that is sort of like just a, a macro bias on my point on my part that has to like that, like what would like, I should just give this a shot and see if I can actually like it as yeah. opposed to sort of preliminarily assuming that like it will be, not 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 seem worth it i guess um but i don't know yeah. i don't know if i'm ready for it i mean it's hard to it's hard to fight back against that criticism because it, it definitely is not multiplayer by any means it probably could be in the future i think one one thing that needs to be said is that you know they're they're planning on supporting this game for a while and these guys made bank right i mean they had sony marketing yeah. his engine behind them throughout the, the past year so they easily sold i would say 500 600 maybe a million copies on ps4 probably something comparable on pc um, Steam takes a f- decent cut, I'm sure Sony's, Sony's taking a decent cut, but if they were a team size of 15, they've made bank. So they, they if they can really build a name for themselves and build their studio up with just this one game release, if they go ahead and support it for years to come. But I think the biggest thing I can say about this game, which I think what's drawn me to it so much, is in most other games, I just expect what's going to happen. I just have, in the back of my mind, I know that you know, this is going to happen. Every the the frame of reference doesn't divert too much, right? You haven't played enough Metal Gear Solid, my friend. <laughs> no, but even that, man. Like, it, it, yeah, the, the, yeah. The cool thing about this is like, you know, you can like jump for joy when you land in a planet and you have what these like different items are called vortex cues, which trade really highly on the galactic market, and they're like littered. And like, this shouldn't happen. This world should not exist, but it exists. And you're there and you're going to fucking, and you're going to be the only person who's experienced that. 
and you're the only person who's going to benefit from that world. And then you're like hounding, just like hoarding all these vortex cubes to go back and go back to the space station to trade it away. You know, that level of unexpected game behavior is really fucking cool. So even if you don't, even if people don't like the game, what I really dislike is people just bashing it. You know, I, I feel bad. You know, one of our buddies, Mango, he can't even play the game. Uh, I'm almost certain that it said the minimum requirements don't include his processor, so he might be at fault there. Uh, Ouch. But I, I, I actually, I'm not sure. I'm just saying that shit to get under his skin. Uh, but um, I actually named Russell his I'm, I'm going to name a planet for him. I'm going to send him a picture. <laughs> I'm going to name a planet for Mango. Um, but all the shit people have thrown out against Oh, this. every time we do an RIP on this podcast, you should name a planet after whoever we do an yeah. RIP for. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, but, like, for this game, uh, I haven't played a game in this long that has surprised me this much and is, like, this much of a marvel. Like, it's... For this to be done by 15 folks, like, damn. That's pretty damn impressive. I mean, I, I like these sorts of games at the very... Mini- at the very, like, in, the, in, like, the most basic sense because they provoke this sort of conversation. And it becomes sort of... Not to get too cheeky about it, but sort of a mirror onto the player base. It's like certain people love it, certain people don't love it. And like sort of in this dialogue that we're having, it's like it seems like it's sort of ultimately sort of like I'm sure there are structural components that can be criticized or like, you know, whatever, like expectations that were mismanaged. But it's like ultimately it's like with games like this specifically, it's like whether or not you enjoy it, I think, comes down to like your own personal tastes and inclinations. Yeah. And like you can kind of get into a flame war online, but it's like fundamentally it's a game that's opinionated in a certain way and it's like you're going to like it or you're not right. and I think like it's interesting to see games that sort of like I think cause that sort of um, dialogue to occur yeah yeah I mean one thing is like if one of they keep supporting this game and adding in some multiplayer component, components base building all this kind of stuff it has the foundation to be a fucking game changing game to um, become Minecraft in space better than that dude fuck Minecraft like this is I tried Minecraft. That n- did not draw me in as, as nearly as quickly I don't know, as that, it did. That thing is like, it is like an addictive drug to kids under the age of like 15 or 16. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe this is the Minecraft for 20-somethings or maybe, maybe. who knows. But I'm just thinking like if procedural generation now is proven to have a pretty large market, uh, if an actual large studio gets behind this and uses some of these techniques, like I think it could be really fucking cool. Um, I can. I don't know. I don't know. Like that's an interesting idea. Like I, it doesn't seem like a generalizable. Like it's almost like the, the serendipity or the like the surprise, the novelty of this. Like you think it'll scale. Like it seems to me like once it's done well, in one place. Like maybe it's like I can't even conceive of right now how like procedural. Like the idea of like sort of unfolding this like massive, like procedurally generated world could like have a fre- could result in a fresh experience of a completely different type but it's like I don't get the impression that even if you enjoy this game you'd want to play like a do you, th- you would you want to play like a similar type of game like another similar type of game to this that isn't this game like are you itching for like uh, a different procedural experience honestly if I had a procedural experience with multiplayer hell yeah <laughs> like that's oh well, yeah that, that that's a bit I, mean, I think that'd be a very big qualitative difference yeah that is I think the biggest missing thing here is that um and you have some aspects of it. Like, you can see if other people have discovered a planet in your system and, and different animals and stuff like that. But um, I don't know. I think just the, the experience of um, having, I mean, just the experience of knowing your experience is unique is a unique experience, right? Like, it's this weird, yeah. weird thing where um, adds a lot to the game where there isn't much else outside of that. No, that's a good point. 
and like you um that is often the downside to st- i mean yeah it's like the other side of the of the coin when it comes to social games and like they're they're how what makes them compelling is like in games like destiny and mmorpgs like world of warcraft or whatever it's like oftentimes like it's like it's really compelling to play with everybody but there is like this synchrony of experience and oftentimes like direct overlap of experience where it's like okay you got the sweet weapon as well um you know, it's like right. there's like an envy and like a sort of like a com- like a compelling side to like people having similar experiences or similar arcs that you can follow right. or that like you're ahead on. But it's like, yeah, it does. It does feel like definitely not unique. Yeah. Um, which I is, mean, even down to day one of uh, of uh, No Man's Sky, I don't I, I can't think of another game who, that's done this. But everyone's not only the experience is unique, but they're the start of the game is unique for everyone. You start on wildly different planets. I was very lucky that I started on a very lush planet with a lot of minerals and rare resources, but some people start on planets with a dust storm that starts immediately when they spawn. Like, that's a pretty bold move where I think a lot of people's experience can be colored by the first planet. Like, if you spawn into a desolate, barren planet with nothing on it, I'm like, fuck this game. Like, there's nothing here. Um, So that in itself is kind of kind of unique in the in in the game yeah it's actually I, i'd be sur- I, i'm surprised if they didn't put some sort of like you know some sort of bounding around the kind of starting point you could have no. so it's like you can only have like within this range of worlds so it isn't too terrible for the for the new player yeah it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it i've been seeing images of folks who like really <laughs> get fucked and like get like the worst fucking planet um imaginable and they're kind of screwed well i think i think they really do hold like the the this sort of like um, I don't know how like how their algorithms actually work. I'm sure there's like a lot of like there's not a algorithm an algorithm. There's like several like sort of approaches they are all using simultaneously. But it's like I think they I think like they are so uh, well from what I've heard from Sean Murray and others is like they are purest about the approach to procedural generation to the point where it's like every step you have or every step you take like informs sort of the next like I think the initial conditions matter a lot and I think like subsequent steps matter a lot. So it's like. They would be compromising, I think, the degree to which every every experience could be unique if they bounded those initial starting points. Right. So, I think like that's like it's actually kind of interesting to see it. They're like, yeah, even if you have a shitty starting experience, like we want like to preserve like how unique your experience can be. So like, you know, you could have like an amazing second or third hour into the game if you decide to get there because of what those initial conditions spawned. But right. um, the risk you run is like they'll get, yeah, people will like lose interest because, it, you know, that first part just isn't great. Yeah. Um, but that's that's interesting. It's like they're very sort of adherent to it. Um, yeah. I mean, I would say, I mean, I, I, it, since you're on the fence, I wouldn't recommend buying it, you know, at 60 bucks. But if it's on scale, sale any time, I'd say you should definitely give it a shot. Well, what about like the PS4 versus PC debate? You have a PS4, and like it seemed like it was pumped for the PS4. Is just like better graphics, better frame rate, like that sort of stuff for the PC, or is there anything like big difference? Yeah, any, like any other big difference. I mean, it doesn't seem the graphics are that different. It see, I can run it at a higher res because my screen is a higher res. Um, is it cross-platform, like theoretically? For no, no, it's not. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, it's not. They they have separate servers. Um, but I heard the PS4 version is is fine as well, and I'm, I'm playing it with a PS4 controller. Um, because I, I bought a Steam controller just for this, and I could not. Steam controller, pretty damn amazing tech. Not gonna lie, there's an incredible amount of customization you can do for it. I I can't use it. I I tried. I, I, I struggled. I said, I know one other person, and they had the exact same take on it. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing what they've been able to do, and you can like, I, I've never seen that detail of customization on any piece of hardware ever. Um, down to 
like the, the the amount of friction you get on a horizontal axis in comparison to a vertical axis when swiping your thumb on the right com- right quadrant of this of this uh, of the fucking disc haptic feedback disc like that it's pretty fucking incredible but you know i i was using you know user made profiles and custom settings for all of these games and nothing clicked not even a basic fps clicked um, so i kind of put it away and i use it Sometimes when I just kind of want to use the uh, use the haptic feedback center sensor to browse my computer with a controller, but out, outside of that, it's kind of useless. That that that's like the that's the ultimate entertainment: browsing your Windows machine with a Steam <laughs> <Right>. controller. It's <laughs> about all it's good for. Yeah, that's that's a try. Yeah, I think like it it looks cool. Like it's like yeah, I think like Steam Steam OS as well. Like not just using it on Windows, I think is, I've heard mixed reviews as well, but, um, yeah, No Man's Sky just seems like a great game to, to, to try and, like, it, it's like, it seems like a VR experience. Like, it yeah. seems strange that it's not a VR experience, and maybe it will be at some point, but it's like, um, you think about, like, the lack of marquee titles that are coming out and, like, sort of propelling, I think, what is, like, now maybe a cresting wave of enthusiasm around VR. It's like, I, and that's kind of, like, it's kind of, kind of stinks if that is the case like it's like vr it was like oculus it was like v it was like all these things and it's like but there wasn't any really compelling software there right for like what am i going to play or like what would make me go and get this crazy gaming rig um with this that's and i think that's why like despite the fact that the tech might not be as advanced why like again sony and the console folks might bring it in might bring it there first is because like you can just have this you know sort of set box that will that will be powerful enough to run games optimized for it um but like i no Man's Sky seems like one of those games where it's like, wow, like what a great VR experience that would be. Yeah, I mean that'd be incredible. It'd be incredible in VR. Uh, but honestly, like explore around and a few more updates on this game. And I think, I mean, right now, I, I mean, right now, it probably will be my game of the year if I ever had to wow. kind of choose a game of wow. the year. Um, I, even though I put in more hours into Warhammer, I definitely put in more hours into Overwatch. Um, prob- it's, it's outdone Overwatch for you. I mean, yeah. I mean, I fucking love Overwatch. Don't get me wrong, but in terms of completely new gaming experience, um, it's fucking No Man's Sky. And the amount of potential this game has is far more potential than Overwatch. Like, the the foundation they have built is damn damn good. Um, so I hope they keep supporting it because this is like the one of the few games I'm like I, I'm looking forward to any sort of DLC or anything they add because I think with very little they can add a lot to the game mechanics. Good stuff. Shall we? Shall we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up, dude. Uh, we didn't have any sponsors. Oh, I guess you know the sponsors will come back after they know that we're back. So I mean, they, they, they've been they've been emailing, emailing us a lot. Yeah, it's like I, I, we we felt guilty about you know we didn't know when we were going to record next, so we wanted to make sure we at least got one episode in before we reengaged. But, so. but you know, when they started sponsoring us, they knew we were Mavericks. Dude, Mavericks, dude. Mavericks, dude. <laughs> OS OS 10 Mavericks. I heard the new OS uh, 10 beta came out. I forget what it's called. Um, yeah, I forget too. <laughs> okay, is it El Capitan? No, I mean I'll, I have El. I'm running El Capitan. Oh, I crap. think there's another one. I don't know then. Some other fucking leopard. Hyena. Oh no, no, it's unknowable. Hold it's on. one of those philosophically unknowable I'm things. Want some OS 10 hyena up in here? Hyena, dude. It was named after parks in California, so unless there's a hyena <laughs> park, I don't know what's going to happen, but one can dream. <laughs> <laughs>